Yo, 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 this is episode number 38 of Soul Gal with Ash and Jazz. Yep, and she's Ash and I'm Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious now. Yeah, I know, right? It's <laughs> so much fun, though. <laughs> I mean, shit, if you still don't know my name, like, how I talk right now. For real. Like, <laughs> I gather people are going to hop in here whenever they hop in, but I'm like, no, we're not going to always say our names. Yeah, that's true. So tonight's uh, episode, since we're on the Shocktober streak all the way until the end, the last, very last day of Halloween, we're going to be talking about another scary topic, which is zombies. So apparently, you know, zombies are all the rage. You know, you see them on TV, um, movies. Uh, have you ever watched The Walking Dead? Have you? you know, I have. I have not. Okay, so here's my thing about that. Right, I have this crazy habit, and I'll start a whole series, and it could be damn good, but then I'll fall off. Probably about like maybe the third or fourth season. I don't know why. Does it just lose interest? Did you lose interest? I get bored easily. Well, I mean, if you're going for four seasons, that's a good, good amount. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I typically will. I'll, I'll hang on. I'll hang on for as much as I can, um, and then that's it. Now, I've gotten, um, I've gotten good with like American Horror Story, uh, but I think the reason why like I stood with that for so long is because especially all eight seasons is because it's different themes each time. So it's not the same thing all the time. So that's probably why uh, I guess the variety really yeah. like it really sucks me in. But um, in any case, uh, we're going to be talking about zombies. And uh, so zombies are typically like Every time I think of it, I always think back to ninth, to like really old school with Walking Dead. I mean, not Walking Dead, Night of the Living Dead. And like, I've always been like a fan of like George Romero movies because he's like the icon in pop culture to do all these scary movies and stuff like that. So I've always been into that crazy um, kind of macabre <laughs> type of movies where I can really appreciate it. Um, so in any case, so I wanted to combine the idea of zombie apocalypse into this whole discussion, give a little backdrop history about zombies, where it came from, how does it tie in with the whole spiritual spirituality type of thing. And then the last 30 minutes of the whole conversation, me and Ash are going to do something fun where we're going to do like a whole multiple choice, true or false kind of zombie apocalypse game. I want to do the game right now. (laughs) (laughs) Really want to do it? Yeah, we can totally do it. Hold on. Let me get my questions ready. (laughs) All right. Okay, so the first question is a true or false. Zombies are after human brains, and this is all they will eat. False. True. True. It's actually false. So, <laughs> zombies are not interested in brains. They will eat human flesh. But the reason for this is unknown because the entire digestive system is inert. So, like the rest of the zombie, uh, their stomachs and intestinal tracts are also dead. So, there's no functioning activity. 
Uh, zombies have been found with over 50 pounds of rotting human flesh in their guts, completely undigested. The most plausible reason for this is hunger for human tissue to spread the virus. So wow. a bite or a scratch from a zombie is an instant death sentence for the victim. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next question. And just so everybody's clued in, this is actually questions that um, derive from a book called The Zombie Survival Guide. There is an actual book, and it's, it's written by the author Max Brooks. So if you guys ever want to look it up, again, it's Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks. Okay, second okay, question. We go back to the days of bathtub. <laughs> yeah, for real, right? <laughs> which will probably come up in the discussion. Uh, number two is, which of these will zombies target, uh, target and eat? Uh, is it A, anything with flesh on it, including dead humans, animals, and other zombies? B, anything living? C, humans only? Or D, only warm-blooded mammals? I'm going to go with D, only warm-blooded mammals. All right, so let's see if you've got this. The correct answer is, drumroll, humans only. Zombies are only attracted to living human beings. They will ignore one another, animals, and corpses. The virus that infects them is only viable in human beings and cannot be passed to the other species in the animal kingdom. Because I knew that that zombies, I knew zombies wouldn't eat each other. Yeah, yeah. If anything, they they're gonna be like, urgh, urgh, like communicating with each other. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's clearly how zombies communicate. For real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. True or false? Zombies are reanimated corpses that either rose from their graves or crawled out of tombs. False. That's right. So zombies are reanimated corpses, but not in the traditional sense. A zombie is created by infecting another living human being. Once affected, the poor soul develops a terrible fever and dies within a time frame ranging from a few hours to a few days, depending on the health and, stru- and structure at the time of the infection. After the fever finally kills the victim, the body dies, but the brain remains inanimate or reanimated after an unknown variable period of time, and the body, although dead, rises and begins to walk the earth once more in search of human flesh. An already dead body cannot be reanimated by the virus. All right. Next question. According to the guide, which of these best describes how zombies pursue their prey? Is it A, superhuman strength? B, tirelessly shuffling after their prey? C, running after their prey tirelessly? Or D, Short bursts of speed when prey is spotted, but they otherwise shuffle about searching for victims. D. You said D? Yeah, I said D. Short burst. It's actually B, tirelessly shuffling, shuffling after their prey. So zombies cannot run, hmm. after, run at all. They can shuffle towards their intended victim at something resembling a normal walking speed. 
However, they never grow tired and will relentlessly pursue their target. The slow turner wins the race, and zombies also do not possess any more strength than their former human form that they once had. All right, next question. Which of the following are zombies not capable of doing? This is going to be fun. A, walking underwater. B, climbing ladders. C, climbing stairs. D, communicating among one another. Uh, I'm going to say underwater. So the correct answer is climbing ladders. They're not capable of climbing ladders. What? Yeah. <laughs> they, they can climb stairs, though. <laughs> so Why? That's no different. I know, but the logic apparently is zombie possess absolutely zero intelligence and cannot figure out how to climb a ladder. If you were to place a ladder on the side of a building and climb to the roof, leaving the ladder in place, you would be safe until thirst, hunger, exposure sets in. Technically, zombies cannot even climb stairs, but considering the fact that they never cease pursuing a human target once identified, they're capable of eventually crawling their way up the stairs. Zombies require no oxygen, so they can amble about underwater, tirelessly searching for human prey. Their lungs will fill with water, causing them to sink to the bottom of the body of water. There, they will walk, quote-unquote, walk about. Although zombies are incapable of speech and are under, otherwise silent, once one spots a human living human, it begins to moan. Their moaning sound is instantly heard by other zombies in the area, in the area and they will follow the morning the mor- <laughs> This sounds so funny. <laughs> the morning sound to the victim. Exactly like how I replicated wow. <laughs> So that's the signal. Yep. That's how they... What is the only way to dispatch or kill a zombie? Is it A, drive a stake through its heart? B, decapitate the zombie? C, damage or destroy the brain? D, decapitate, then completely burn the zombie to ash. <clears throat> so damage or destroyed the brain, and you got that correct. Yeah, so the only way I knew <laughs> the it. only way to dispatch the word kill is inappropriate because they already zombie is to severely damage or destroy the brain. This is quite difficult feat to accomplish because the human skull is amazingly strong structure which evolved over a million years to do one thing, protect the brain. It should be noted that even a severed zombie head is still capable of biting. The brain must be destroyed. So how would you do that? You know, that's a very good question. How would you do that? Because, like, if the head's decapitated, then how do you get rid of the brain? So I'm um, guessing is the skull cap. Um, Chainsaw massacre them. That's all I could think of. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then chase take the brain out. Pretty much, just chainsaw the sucker out. That just sounds so. <laughs> that just sounds so bad. Like I'm over here thinking, like, how would I do that? Like, okay, next question. <laughs> all right, so number seven. All right, what is the first thing you must do after the dead have begun to walk the earth? A, find water. B, remain calm 
as paralyzing fear or panic means death. C, find other survivors. Or D, address wounds and injuries. Uh, D, address the wounds. The correct answer is B, remain calm as paralyzing fear or panic means death. So it is absolutely vital to remain calm and collected after the outbreak. Members of your family might be affected and trying to get you. There will be an unbearable stench coming from everywhere humans once thrive. It will be hell on earth, but if you cannot keep a logically functioning mind, you will not survive. Your brain is the most powerful weapon and survival tool ever designed. You can do this. You got. You just have to stay cool. And don't worry about it. Zombie walks after you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So number eight. What is the best possible means of transportation in order to flee an infected area? Is it A, a M1 Abrams tank? Which I don't know who the hell will be driving one of those around. Yeah, where are you going to see some random person just driving down the street in that? For real, like they go to Walmart. Like, bitch, can I get that? <laughs> Let me borrow that real quick. <laughs> All right, or is it B, a horse? C, a four-wheeled or an all-terrain vehicle? Or D, a good all-terrain bicycle? Yes, a bicycle. Which one is it? What you got? I'm going to say C. Okay, so you said C, a four-wheel drive truck or all-terrain vehicle. And that's what I initially said, but the correct answer is a good all-terrain bicycle. But then you're not protected. At least the car is going to shield you. That's what I thought, logically. But according to what the answer's logic is, with a decent mountain bike, you can easily outpedal the zombies, weave your way through the worst of traffic jams, and even carry it on your back if need be. It is also nearly silent, requires no fuel, no fuel, and can be found almost everywhere. A horse, while it's a good choice, I don't know if you guys ever saw The Walking Dead, the first episode, you would realize that it's not, it's not a good choice. Um, they're going to require lots of grazing time and water. They are also instinctively terrified by the sight and smell of the unquiet dead and will panic at once in the presence of ghoul and they will flee and throw you off. A truck, a SUV, motorcycles, tanks, and four-wheelers all require gas. It will only be a matter of hours before an infestation before that pseudo-precious commodity will be impossible to find. Gas stations will be littered with corpses, not of dispatched zombies, but of survivors by other questing for the same fuel. So it'll become one of those type of commodities that's everybody's going to be after and desperate for. You could just Amazon Prime it. That's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see here. What is the best place to find temporary shelter and get some rest while escaping from zombies? Is it A, a church or synagogue? Zombies cannot thread on holy ground. B, a rowboat. Zombies cannot swim. C, a school. Few exits and windows. Or D, a grocery store. The doors can be secured and there's plenty of food. I'm going to go with A. All right, so A... A church or synagogue. 
uh, zombies cannot drown on holy ground. The correct answer is wait for it. A rowboat. Zombies cannot swim. Well, those fuckers can <laughs> walk underwater. They said, quote unquote, walk on water. So zombies cannot swim. If you can find a means of anchoring a boat in water about 10 feet deep, even in swimming pool, you are completely safe and can sleep like a baby immune to, to the threat. It is ludicrous to think zombies have any notion of holy ground. Ghostly stories would be dangerous because of the looters and violent gangs of survivors. And schools usually have lots of windows, which zombies are capable of breaking into. But the limited numbers of exits can actually be a bonus. And if anybody saw, oh my god, movie time. Uh, what's that movie I'm thinking of? Resident Evil? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Have you ever saw that one? No. Okay, yeah, you have to watch that one. <laughs> If you watch the first one, you know exactly <laughs> exactly why it was the big hype with the school. All right. So let's see. Next question is number 10. Here we go. What is the best possible firearm you could choose to defend yourself with? Is it A, a Desert Eagle uh, .50 or a Smith & Wesson? B, a 12-gauge shotgun? C, a 22 caliber rifle or pistol or D an M16 aka 47 or other assault rifle assault rifle so the correct answer is a 22 caliber rifle or pistol so what's the logic of that so by far they're all relatively that's what I thought but apparently they're all different so by far the best possible firearm you could acquire is the lowly 20, uh, 22 caliber. How's this? Think of it. The tiny bullet flies very fast, over 1,300 feet per second in most cases, easily capable of piercing the forehead of a zombie and damaging the brain. Not to mention the fact that the super high velocity bullet, although small, tends to ricochet about inside the skull, further scrambling the brain. I did not know that. So the bullets are tiny, plentiful, and readily found almost everywhere. You can literally carry thousands of them about your person without weighing yourself down. All right. Once they all run out, then you're screwed. Pretty much. Or you can Amazon Prime it. Whichever works for you. True. <laughs> all right, number 11. What is the best possible hand-to-hand weapon you can possibly use to defend yourself against a zombie? Is it A, a samurai sword? B, a sledgehammer? C, a chainsaw? D, a trench spike? Uh, I'm going to say sledgehammer. Just because I want to sing that Peter Gabriel song. (laughs) Best song. All right, so the correct answer is a trench spike. Uh, by far, the... Oh, fuck. That was very intuitional. Oh, yeah, you should have like, your intuition, dude. I, I, I was going to say trench, the trench spike, but then I'm like, no, I had to go with the opposite because I just wanted to sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> so this is by far the best weapon for hand-to-hand combat ever devised. 
um, it was developed by the Germans during World War uh, One. I'm sorry. It was designed to pierce the helmets of British soldiers in the close hand-to-hand combat in the tight quarters of the trench uh, warfare. One cannot possibly hold a more lethal weapon than a trench spike, and if you got one in your hand, you'll win. The seven-inch spike was carefully designed as it's the optimal length of the blade to fully penetrate the brain from any angle. Plus, it can be easily made in most simple garage workshops. Uh, good luck finding a samurai sword. And even if you're lucky enough to find one, they're not suitable for use in tight areas like hallways. Many people are not strong yeah. enough to wield a sledgehammer effectively. They too suffer in tight areas. <laughs> and a chainsaw. I'll show you. I'll show you with my sledgehammer skills. A chainsaw would indeed be a terrible weapon to wield if it didn't require the use of gasoline and if your roaring engine didn't attract any zombies within earshot, not to mention the spraying, splattering blood that would be associated with trying to destroy the zombie with a chainsaw. One drop of infected blood in your eyes and that's that's that. Game over. Seriously. Alexa. Alexa, play Sledgehammer by Sir Gabrielle. Wow. This is such a good song. <laughs> I remember the video, too. Bring it closer. I can't hear it. You remember the music? You remember the music video? Oh, man. No, I had to go back, though. I used to always come on VH1 on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. You hear oh, yeah. it now? Oh, my fat zombies. Come on, get to the chorus, honey. <laughs> It's coming. Damn it, get the corn. Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. Hold on. 1986. Oh uh, yeah, I figure mm-hmm. that. Good song. And that was if anybody who's interested, that was uh Peter Gabriel. Slash hammer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna find the video and tweet it to you. It's such a good video. So cool. All right, so I have let's see how many questions. One, two, three. Okay. So four questions. All right. Coming down the wire, number 12. In the event of a global zombie apocalypse, 
in which of the entire planet is infected and there are only a handful of survivors left, you among them, which is the best direction to head in order to survive for the long term? Assuming you're starting in the Northern Hemisphere. So is it A, to the South, to the temperate, where food is plentiful and heat will cause the zombies to rot and die off faster? Is it B, North, to the Arctic Circle, the food is scarce, but so are the people and the potential zombies? C, West, towards the mountains, zombies cannot climb hills well, and the high ground gives you a tactical advantage? Or is it D, East, to the swamps? Zombies cannot get through the swamps very well, and you could build a safe shelter. I'm going to say to the east. So the correct answer, north to the Arctic Circle. So without a doubt, the best place to go would be to the Arctic. Zombies do not rot and quote-unquote last for many, many years. Bacteria will not live in an infected corpse. The virus kills them too. Although food is scarce, the cold weather has an immense advantage to living humans. As we are alive, so too does warm blood courses through our bodies, keeping us alive. Zombies will freeze solid and become immobile because they're dead with no inner warmth. If the temperature is below freezing all the time outside, you're completely safe from the hordes. Of course, those of you who are in the Southern Hemisphere will be best off heading south to Antarctica. Huh. Learn something new. All right, number 13. True or false? Virus that reanimates the dead is not only limited to humans. Survivors like yourself must also be on the lookout for zombie dogs, cats, squirrels, etc. Is a trans species outbreak and a living nightmare. True or false? False. Yes, the correct answer is false. The virus that afflicts people and causes them to turn into viruses to to zombies is slowly (laughs) limited to human beings. And all other forms of life, including bacteria, will keep away from an infected, unquiet corpse. Vultures will never feed on a dispatched zombie, and the body of a dispatched ghoul will lie where it felt unhindered by decomposition for many years until it finally erodes away from the effects of the wind and rain. All right, number 14. Let's see here. What is the best possible food to stock up on if you happen upon a store that hasn't already been looted? Is it A, bags of rice? B, canned vegetables? C, cans of dainty more style beef stew? Or D, beef jerky? What's got? A rice. I lived on quinoa, so I can live on rice. <laughs> so the correct answer is C, the cans of Dinty Moore style beef stew. While the other choices are definitely good items to grab if you can, given the choices, the best would be the canned stew because it offers the wi- the widest range of nutritional value. It contains meat, potatoes, vegetables, and fats, which will provide you lots of energy. What if you don't like to eat meat? Then, um, then people like me are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm going to grow my shit, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question, and then we'll move on to the whole discussion. So true or false? 
is it a good idea to build a fire every night because it provides warmth, a psychological sense of security, aka helps to keep the boogeyman away, and most importantly, zombies are instinctively afraid of fire and keep away from it. True. So the correct answer is false. So the last thing you want to do is start a fire. Contrary to popular belief, zombies have no emotion and do not fear fire. They will detect the smoke plume from miles away and instantly be attracted towards the source. Zombies have an uncanny ability to detect anything out of the norm and possible clues to human activity. Fortunately, a comforting campfire would attract zombies and the peace and comfort found by a warm fire would quickly be shattered by a morning ghoul shuffling towards you out of the darkness. The light of the flickering flames glistening in its lifeless eyes. Ooh, sounds scary. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that was the last of the questions. I'm pretty sure you guys had a little bit of fun and learned something new because there was, like, questions in there that threw me off. And I was just like, wow, okay, I didn't know that. Especially with the whole gun thing. Like, that was crazy. So now we're going to move on to this whole discussion. So what you thought of that game, Ash? It was intriguing. It was, right? I thought it would be cool to add that in there. It was. Alright, so coming back, um, though many people treat the like the current zombie apocalypse as a fun pop culture meme, it's important to realize that there are some cases where zombies were real. Like you mentioned in the, in the beginning about the whole bath salt thing. Like I remember when that whole thing went down. I was at work and <laughs> we had the TV on in the waiting area and the patients were sitting there and they were just like, what the hell? Like we all heard like this one <laughs> unison, like what the hell's going on? And um, it, it literally happened not far away from us. It was a... Uh, well, it, technically, it was a bit a ways away from us because I was working out west. And this happened in downtown Fort Lauderdale. I want to say in one of the bridge areas. And um, we have, like, this bridge, and it's, like, this waterway that connects the road, you know, to to the other side of the, towards the beach. And so we just see this guy, like, hovering over this guy. And he's just, like, going fucking, like, insane. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? And somebody said, all of a sudden I hear this patient say, oh my God, he's eating his face. I was like, no, it can't be. It can't <laughs> be. Like, what, what the hell is going on? But I remember the whole hysteria. Like, it wasn't like a whole massive hysteria where everybody in the waiting room was like scared as shit. But yeah, you could see the panic in people's eyes when, you know, you see something like that on TV actually happening in real life. Like, because you just don't yeah. know. First of all, you don't know the whole story behind it. That's one. You're like stuck in the unknown. And then two, on top of it, you don't know what could transpire out of that situation. So it, it leaves like, okay, be possible. Could it be something that, some type of tragedy that can take place in real life? Right. Then there was another story. I don't know what the hell is wrong. I don't know what the fuck is in what's in Florida's wa- water or anything like that. But I remember a couple similar situation happened again. But this one young kid, he like 
pretty much went for the face of this one guy he was having an argument with. And I was like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? And, and they all, the funny thing is that the first case contributed to a mix of drugs that the guy was taking, including bath salts. And then the second case was this guy wasn't taking any type of drugs or anything like that. So that's the weird, that was probably one of the weirdest cases because no one could actually figure out like what prompted this guy to like just go zombie attack mode on him. Now, I'm led to believe um, <laughs> this might have been like some type of like possession because I can't imagine like the average human being, no matter how angry you get, to go like fucking like zombie crazy on somebody's face. Like that's I yeah, yeah I I don't know that. I I mean, yeah, like you get angry, you probably want to pick on something and hit the person with it, like like uh macho man kind of way or <laughs> or like <laughs> just go WWE on them, but I can see that, but but not um not to the point where I'm just like gonna, you know, grab your face and just like make you my snack, like literally. Like I I just can't. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. But in any case, um there are some cases like I mentioned that where zombies are real. And this has actually been documented. Um, especially like in some of the cultures, like in some of the African cultures, Haitian cultures, it's heavily steeped in belief and magic and witchcraft. And belief in zombies is related to the voodoo religion. And it's been widespread um, throughout Haiti for decades. And the existence of zombies is not questioned, although believers would not recognize the sensational Hollywood brain-eating version that most Americans are, you know, they associated with. Unlike today's benevolent movie zombies, the original Haitian zombies were not villains, but victims. Uh, they were corpses who had been reanimated and controlled by a magical force um, for some specific purpose, like whether that was like, um, most of it was just for labor, if anything. Uh, historically, a fear of zombies was used as a method for political and social control in Haiti. Uh, those believe those people believe um, to have the magical power to zombify. I didn't even know that was a word. Uh, oh, I knew it was really zombify. Zombify, oh, wow, yeah. I didn't know that. You can fly. You can anything. <laughs> Burger fly. That's all I could think of. I must be hungry. But in any case... Alexify. <laughs> you just say Alexify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she said bye for now. What the... She said oh, bye for now. I don't know. Alexify. What she said? Alex... I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right, then. Candlefy. Winefy. Discofy. Ooh, I like that one. Discofy. That is funny. <laughs> I like discotheque. I like discotheque. Yeah, I like the word discotheque too. Oh, you know what uh, phrase came to my mind early today? What? Uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Dude, I said that the other week, right? Because me and my me, me and my mom was having this conversation, and she said it in the wrong way. I forgot how she said it, 
and I said, and I remember like just walking out in the conversation, like, like me just randomly talking to her, and this is how like I'll, I'll communicate. I'll talk to you, and if I notice that you said something wrong, I wait until like the last sentence on my way out <laughs> to correct you. <laughs> and I don't mean it to do it. Like I don't mean it to be mean or anything like that, but I find myself doing that. Like, <laughs> it's the funniest thing too. <laughs> and then they're just like, "What? <laughs> like what you just said earlier? It was incorrect." So I'm, I'm just letting you know this is the correct way. And they're like, "You waited until the last minute to say something." <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I thought of that this morning at 827. I tweeted it. That is so funny. I'm gonna go look for it and I'm gonna retweet it. <laughs> that is so funny. So coming back to the zombify. So mainly the witch doctors who were responsible for this were called the Bokors, and they were widely feared and respected. So the Bokors were also believed to be in service of the the brutal and much feared secret police used by the oppressor Duvalier political regimes from the years 1957 to 1984. Those who defied authorities were threatened with becoming the living debtor concern, not taken lightly. Isn't that weird? I mean, well, not weird, but that's kind of scary <laughs> to think about. Yeah. So, pop fiction. There are several ways to destroy a zombie. Decapitations or gunshots to the head are very popular. Although, according to Haitian folklore, the goal is to release the person from his or her zombie state, not to outright kill the person. There are several ways to free a zombie. One is to feed the zombie salt. Others say that if a zombie sees the ocean, its mind will return it, will return, and it will become self-aware and angry. His grave. <laughs> so, are, wow. so are zombies real? Many believe so, but evidence is scarce. There are a few supposed cases of real zombies, including a mentally ill man named Clavius Narcisse, who in 1980 claimed that he had died in 1962, then had become a zombie and forced to work as a slave on one of Haiti's sugarcane plantations. He offered no evidence of his claims and could not show investigators where he had supposedly worked for almost three years. It's crazy. So, I'm now outside of Haiti and a few other places where belief in voodoo exists, zombies were widely assumed to be nothing more than a legendary boogeyman, not unlike werewolves and vampires. However, this changed in the 1980s when Wade Davis, a Harvard uh, ethnobotanist claimed to have discovered a secret zombie powder while doing field work in Haiti. The main active ingredient was said to be a neurotoxin which could be used to, the, to poison victims into a zombie-like state. That reminds me of that movie that, <laughs> that, movie, that movie back in, in the 1980s. There was like uh, damn, why can't I remember it? <laughs> There was this movie about this guy. He was a doctor. He went to <laughs> Haiti or some island. And he got so caught up in the whole, like, voodoo culture. Like, he was put, like, under a spell because he was... Word got around in the village that he was trying to find a cure for this this supposed zombie 
attack that was like plaguing the whole island. And when word got around, like this guy could be a potential threat because he's a he's a great scientist and stuff like that, he was put under a spell unbeknownst to him. And he also became a zombie. Now, I think if I remember correctly, the actor's name was also in the movie Spaceballs. Let me see. Hold on. One moment, please. Spaceballs? Yeah. Uh, His name is... Oh, my God. His name. What's his name? I should know his name. We share the same birthday. Um... Bill Pullman. Yeah, Bill Pullman. And the movie called He Was the Doctor. And it was back in the 80s or the 90s. I want to say it was Brain Dead. Was it Brain Dead? Let me see. One moment, please. Shit, it wasn't brain dead. It was another movie he did. He played a doctor. Pretty sure that's what it was. If anyone out there knows, yeah, what jazz know? It was a great movie though. Now it was either him or another actor that I'm like conflicting it with, but it was very similar to that storyline where, you know, he was a a great doctor that you know, was able to debunk the whole zombie theory that was going on in the voodoo culture and he was a threat. <laughs> so he turned into a zombie. It was crazy. It was pretty good, though. I thought it was going to be cheesy, but it was actually a very good movie. So definitely something to, to check out once I get the correct name. Oh, yeah. Name. So voodoo magic was an unlikely source for zombies, but... <clears throat> Because science and medicine explain them. So Davis, who is this Davis guy? Let me see here. Oh, okay. So Davis is an author, and he wrote several books on the topic, including The Serpent and the Rainbow. He later made into a horror film by uh, director Wes Craven. And I think that was it, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Yeah, that's the movie, The Serpent and the Rainbow. No wonder. Yeah. So the book made such a public success that it it was made into this movie. And it suggested that they were exaggerated. And then the amounts of neurotoxins in the powder samples that he found were inconsistent and not high enough to induce the zombifying effect. While in theory, the zombie powder might work under certain ideal conditions in real life, it would be very difficult to create a zombie with it. Too little of the toxin would have temporary effects and too much of it would kill the victim. Um, I think this neurotoxin, what it does in real life is it'll go into the spinal cord of the victim and it shuts it down. Like it immediately like it'll trigger like your your whole spine to get like shot up, like in a sense where you're stiff until you like slowly succumb to the poison. And that just sounds so bad <laughs> as it sounds. And that's what it does in real life. <laughs> so anybody who's interested as to what the effects are. So let's see. 
so pharmacological doubts aside, there are other reasons to doubt the claim that people had for decades been turned into zombie slave laborers. For one thing, the very process that would turn people into zombies, assuming it wouldn't kill them, would leave them brain damaged, uncoordinated, and slow. Uh, in other words, hardly would they ever be ideal farm workers. Furthermore, the economics of zombie making don't make any sense. Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere with no shortage of very cheap labor to work farms and plantations. In a country where the average uh, income is less than 2000 there are plenty of able-bodied, non-zombified people willing to work for almost nothing. Unpaid zombie workers would still need to be clothed, housed, and fed, negating most of the potential profit from using them. And of course, the sugar plantains, uh, plantations allegedly filled with fields of zombies would have never been found, which is what the main reason for creating zombies pretty well debunked. The question remains, even if Davis zombie powder is all he claims it is, why would anybody bother to make a zombie in the first place? It would be lots of time and effort to abduct someone, fake their death, get the toxins in just right, revive them, and then put them to work. <laughs> so, more of the story is um, the zombie myths out there are still I mean there you have a whole bunch of narratives out there and it's so popularized especially with, with pop culture and some of the events that happen in real life that actually replicates the whole zombie movement <laughs> I want to say it's still, <laughs> it's, it's still a myth I mean it's still some debunking to go on out there um, but I hope that the listeners tonight at least got some backdrop info as to how to protect yourself, how to survive one, should the quote-unquote apocalypse ever happen regarding the zombies. You've got lots of facts to carry you through how to survive exactly. the zombies. Alright, well, I hope everybody had like a good listening. And uh, shout-out to Ash for like playing along. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm always down exactly. to anything, so... <laughs> All right, you guys, well, stay tuned for our next Shocktober episode going down next Wednesday. Yeah. All right, now, well, stay safe out there. And don't forget to follow us. We're everywhere on every social media platform by now. You got Instagram, SoulGab with Ash and Jazz. Uh, Twitter, we got SoulGab, Ash and Jazz. Is that my, am I saying that right? SoulGab, Ash, Jazz? It's the SoulGab, Ash, Jazz. And then our Facebook page, SoulGab with Ash and Jazz. Uh, definitely follow us and definitely let us know. Uh, let's see, what kind of questions can we ask tonight about the zombie apocalypse? What weapon will you be using to protect yourself? We yeah. want to know. So comment that below our post from this announcement with this episode. Some of your answers. Don't be afraid to answer them. Yeah. <laughs> share, your, share your thoughts. All right, you guys. Well, good night. Peace and cover your ass from zombie attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Peace yeah. later.